about this podcast. Shane and I recorded this a week ago with the hopes of posting it this week to try to get ahead of his vacation. Then Colorado decided to leave the Pac-12 as soon as we quit recording. So we ended up editing out a little bit of the intro and we join us right as we're getting into our Pac-12 preview. So we have a little bit of football talk coming up. We have some Blazers purgatory and then we get into Shane's baby, the sports cliche draft. So I think it works. Uh, bear with us if there's a couple wrong dates just because of the time difference. Um, but thanks for listening and thanks for reading. It's football season. Let's go. Talking about the, this group of quarterbacks, and I think at this point people probably put Caleb Williams as like a clear-cut number one, and then it's like a 1BCDE with Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Cam Rising, whatever order you want to go in. And what I what I love about this is about five months from now, it's going to be pretty unanimous that like one of those dudes sucks. Like one of those dudes mm-hmm. is, is like the up and coming, like hot draft pick. Like who do you think is most likely to keep their status within that grouping of, yeah, that dude's a stud. And like, who do you think is most likely to potentially have a, a polarizing season? Mm, okay. I think I'd be dumb to not say Caleb Williams will remain there. I mean, I got to watch him in person basically on the side of the field last year because of the way that Oregon State's press box situation <laughs> was set up, which was actually a blessing in disguise. I mean, the the speaker system was awful because it was banging on these little you know crates we were sitting in. You were there for the Civil War game or formerly known as Corridor Cup. Corridor Cup. Yeah. But he was, he's electric. I mean, and he's already getting the Mahomes comparisons. I kind of see a little bit of that. Um I, I don't see how he falls off, really. I guess, for me, the guy, another guy I would say, though, is, is Penix, because I think Penix really snuck up on some people. I had known about him because Big Ten football, I watched some Michigan, and he was at Indiana. But it was kind of on the radar how he was leading the nation in passing yards per game for, like, I think I think he maybe ended the season there, or he was it for a large part of the season. They return all their weapons, and... They don't really lose anyone major on on offense, so he would be my second answer because other guys just have more change. Yeah, Penix is an interesting one because I also think he's going to throw the most, yeah. so there's a little bit higher degree of difficulty that he's he's running with there too. You know, it just that I I don't think people realize like the 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 thin thin line that like a ten interception season and like a five interception season is 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 based on there. Um, I didn't answer the second part of your question, though. On the flip side, what quarterback might... Cause there's, and there's a few ways you could go with this, because if you count Shador Sanders, it's like, well, how will that leap to... Um, yeah, he's a bad radio interview. I've yeah, heard so. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, leap to Power 5. Yeah, I actually, I don't... I'm not really that worried. I don't think the team's going to be good, but I think he'll be good. So it's like, who does that really leave? Yeah. I don't think Bo Nix will... I mean, Kim uh, Rising, maybe? He's not super healthy, allegedly, but... Do you, do you, are you at all worried about, and this is something I was asked on the radio this morning, I think Bo Nix has had a new offensive coordinator every year of his career. At this point in college football, do you think that's you think that's just kind of par for the course? I, I swear it seems like every quarterback you talk about, maybe it's just been because we cover Oregon and there's been so much turnover here, but so-and-so's on X coordinator next amount of years. Like I, I think Bo's going to be okay, especially because Wal Wilstein is different. Will Stein's a smart dude, and he's not going to, like, in the last year of a senior quarterback's career, be like, I want you to run the veer. 
Well, you you know him intimately. I mean, you guys had a great dap-up handshake back when he was introduced to the media. Uh, so you've been there with him. Um, no, I, I, totally I call him, agree. I call him William. William, right. William Stein. It's, it's par for the course. Yeah. I mean... And, and Ooh, hold on, I gotta add that to my sports cliches. Oh yeah, later. absolutely, add that in there. Um, a little tease for yeah. later. I I think that Bo will be just fine, and I think he could even sneak into the first round of the NFL draft. Like, I, it's such a razor thin line because then you add in his rushing. Like, Penix doesn't really run the yeah. ball like Bo Nix does, so it's it's really hard to parse through it. If you, I'll ask you this. Because I found myself, when we were going over this a few weeks ago, or a few days ago, really, about like what games we wanted to go to for Oregon Oregon State this year, I found it like, I was just like diagramming it out based on the quarterbacks I wanted to see. If you could just go to one quarterback matchup, so one of those guys versus one of those guys, throw the actual schedule out, which two would you want to see? Knicks versus Williams. Because we were robbed of it last year. Because we were robbed of it last year. If you want to call it that. Be, because know. it's a quarterback matchup that will fortunately, unfortunately, get a lot of national hype behind it, too. Because both ha- didn't begin their careers on this side of the country. Um, and I think it would just be a good litmus test to see like how good Bo really is. Like I, I think Michael Penix is an NFL quarterback. Like I, I, I don't really have any doubts about him. I feel like Bo, despite how good he was last year, I think there is still a little bit to prove. Not so much in the can he do it or can't he do it, but he has an opportunity to really put a stamp as like having like one of those college football careers, but he needs some good things to happen this year. And if you got a matchup against the reigning Heisman uh, Raymond he- reigning Heisman Trophy winner against USC. It's going to be the last Oregon USC. Like this has been a historical matchup for these two programs in the Pac-12 or dating back to its past iterations. Uh, yeah, I-, I I want to see that that game, especially because it's there hasn't been any question as to whether Caleb Williams is an NFL quarterback. And I feel like with Bo, the tide has actually turned where people now think obviously think he's an NFL quarterback, but now it's like, hey, he might be a first rounder. Also, of the guys that we talked about so far, they are probably the two most true dual threats. I mean, all these guys run and can extend plays. Like, for example, if Penix wanted to run more, I'm sure he could. It's more like, I'm going to get out of the pocket and then, you know, just frozen rope a ball to the end zone. Um, Caleb Williams is so good at navigating the pocket. Bo Nix, the short yardage stuff we saw last year, but then there was, was it Colorado maybe, where he took off? And Arizona, he had an 80-yard run down, I think maybe Colorado. Um, yeah, that's a good that's a good choice. I, I it'd be hard for me to disagree with that. Um, even like a guy like Jaden Delore at Arizona, like we kind of forgot about him. I feel like because he got uh, was it kicked off Washington State. Yeah, he of, you, he yeah. might not be a great guy. Exciting quarterback. Ex- exciting quarterback. Separate the art from the artist here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's gonna be so many of those games, and I, I honestly think too, there were so many teams last year that were like, well, our offense is good, but we're we're essentially a defense away, acting like it was easy to replace, right? But I don't know if that's going to change this year because the defenses of those teams that need to get better, I think, probably did. But the numbers might not change because the offenses got just are going to be just as good, if not better, as well. So where where are these? Where is that drop off going to come? I guess. What is the vibe of Summer Yogi Roth? Oh man, he he loves it. He just <laughs> like I, I hope someday that I am that into because because you know obviously you look at what he does and like okay there's that that would be cool right 
and it is cool, but he also just fucking loves it. Yeah, dude. He, I, when I was younger and you have kind of that, not cynical, but just kind of like that mindset of like thinking like everyone's a little bit of bullshit. I used to think that like, there's no way like this is actually Yogi's personality. Like there's no possible way someone is like this happy to wake up every morning. Like one of the very first times I saw him was at Pac-12 Media Day, like 2015. It was like 105 degrees out. I saw him in the uh, the bathrooms and I was just like, Yogi, how's it going? He's like, man, I had a great surf this morning. Like what a gift. And it was just like, God damn. It's tr- tremendous, like, tremendous uh, work-life balance you can tell and I actually got to talk to him about that a little bit it was he's a lot of people I talk to or interview like it'll be easy to have that small talk but it still will feel somewhat forced and with him it was like we were on kind of a time constraint and I was almost bummed to have to f- switch to talking about football because we were he was essentially just giving me some wisdom on on work-life balance and, and what that looks like for him right now yeah I, uh, I I envy that and I I'm always jealous of the people who have who have kind of figured that out uh to the perfect extent because I mean like that that dude works his ass off too I mean when you when you talk to him he was uh, just finishing up like mashing tape after like a, a South Korea vacation mashing everything yeah and I included in the piece I probably should have made note of this but like the stuff I included in the piece was kind of almost scooping from the top I mean he he could have gone for much longer and he did on the phone call and it was just I had to pick and choose some stuff um, but yeah and it honestly makes me sad when I think about a guy like Yogi and what's happening to Pac-12 because he's so excited about this the conference because you know he, he he's working for the conference obviously um but he just loves the conference he goes to the elite 11 all these things so he knows these quarterbacks and it's like it's the best quarterback league right now too and then what's gonna yeah. happen right okay it's uh today is oregon's media day um you're gonna be on the other side of the country i will be going down and working what should i be looking out for like who do you want what story do you want out of me when you're kicking back relaxing it's, it's reading even, the corridor, the door, the as, door as, as you call right. it. Yeah. It's tough this year because I think last year there was still some holdover guys that we were just curious to learn more about, like Justin Flo, which, you know, that panned out interestingly. Dante Thornton. Da- the man of the yeah, room. The man of the room. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to do a bad takes draft again sometime next uh, offseason. Oh, we, we have some candidates. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 so good. Um, yeah, it's it's tough because all these, all these big players are either abundantly known, like a Bo Nix, or or not known at all. So I would say the new faces, especially on defense, Burge, Tyson Johnson. We know Evan Williams a little bit. Um, Bucky Irving, like I, I talked to him last meeting day. No one was even over there. You know, not the most eloquent interview, but he has an interesting background. If you could get something interesting out of Bucky, because he's such a fun player to watch, and you'd think that he'd kind of have this belly personality. He's really more of a low key guy. Yeah, he'd be the one. For I was me. I was thinking that between. Oregon might have its two best skill position guys in a very long time between uh, Troy Franklin and Bucky Irving. And I don't know a ton about either of them. No. When when Troy came to Oregon, um, I'd done like a high school profile of him when I was at The Athletic where you talk to a coach. And, you know, those are the stories where you hear all the exact same things. Oh, you know, he's a hard worker. And, Which we'll talk about later in our, in our sports cliches yeah, draft. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that might be something that I that I look to explore a little bit because yeah, as you said, like there's no there's no quarterback battle this year. There's no like it's it's very much this is not Bo- that there was one last yeah, year. But, yeah, you know. um, this is very much Bo Nix's team. Uh, some of us have written a lot about Bo Nix, and I think he's fascinating. But there are a lot of characters on this team, and 
I think that was maybe a hole for me last year is I think I wrote probably more about Nyx and not enough about, you know, some of the, the other characters on, on their roster. So I think there's that, time for that. Yeah. So I think, uh, and, and boogity boogity, we could have also just written about Troy. For, I, I could have yeah, also just he, written about yeah, Troy he, instead he, of Dante Thor. Yeah. So actually, actually more, it's about, we got to be better at who we, uh, yeah, who, right. who we write about. Um, because also uh, a year ago, the running back conversation started with Byron Carwell, who, I mean, is like, wh- where's he at right now? That's, man, between like Byron Carwell, Thornton, as we talked about, uh, uh, Keith Brown. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, okay, so maybe that's like a fair look at going into this year's fall camp is like, this is like undeniably Blanning's roster. Like, there's, there's still some holdovers from, I mean, obviously, like, Troy Franklin was a, a crystal ball recruit, but like, They've had two years now to have like the people who wanted to leave or transfer or not succeed to believe or just have that turnover. Um, yeah, like could, I, I mean, you could probably make the argument that because of the way college football is now, and especially what Oregon specifically did this off season, and the fact that Lanning's going into the second year, this might be the in terms of just like fan um, understanding and comprehension of who these guys are, like. The most unknown team in God knows how long. Yeah. It is. it's like who are these guys, right? They're electric players, and that's what we I think cool like to write about this year is like there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of games that are really competitive. There's also gonna be some games where they're just running over people like they were last year, and you can write about that. That's the one thing that's also hard about previewing this team is Oregon's defense was bad last year, and they've had a lot of dudes transfer out. They've had guys like Jordan Burch transfer in. They've had Justin Jacobs come in, and I think the wide belief especially coming out of spring practices this is going to be a better defense it's a defense that's better suited towards landing and tashu style like it's like this is all projecting stuff like like who who knows like i i you know those those guys that they filled the holes with are, are definitely like proven like legit players but i i'm fascinated to see in this kind of current and future era of college football of just how much continuity matters because i i do think you can plug and play to an extent but can you do it like when you're replacing like i think usc is going to be fascinating again because they've replaced so many dudes like colorado like how many colorado will be i was gonna say fun to watch this year but i actually don't think they'll be fun to watch i'm sure they will be yeah i had been working on like i don't know if you'd call it a theory but it was more like a line of thought about pac-12 and like trying to figure out like who's actually gonna win the conference out of that top five that seems so solid top to bottom. And, and and I don't want this to come across as I don't think that Oregon can be the best team in the Pac-12 because I think they're abundantly capable of that. But I was th- sitting down thinking about those top teams. And like, what is Oregon's thing? Because they don't have the best quarterback. So you could probably say they don't have the best offense. I mean, it's possible that they do. You know, they've you mentioned Troy Franklin, Bucky Irving, like they have some studs at those positions. I mean, maybe you could argue Bucky's the best running back and they could have the best running game in the league, but then it's like it's probably Damian Martinez and, and yeah. the Beavers. Utah probably has the best defense or tends to. Um, I mean What well, yeah, what's what's the identity of this team? And and, and identity is one thing, but I also think we have an idea that identity because we saw it last year, but it's like you know, will their passing attack be as purely deadly and the receivers as deadly as Washington? Like, they won't. So it, I just don't know. And and that I don't think that has to mean that they're not going to be a great team or right. the it's best just, team. But. It's, it's just an interesting fandom. It's, yeah. it's like, 
if you were a fan of Oregon in 2010, you liked fast football. Right. You like like you had a a, a style, basically, yeah, a, a style of football, a brand of football. You instantly kind of knew it was Oregon. Mm-hmm. And the Ducks could be the best team in the Pac-12 this year. And I, yeah, just like you, you don't quite know what it is. But do the other Pac-12, is this just like something that Oregon was very spoiled with at a certain point in its time where it was such a unique brand, not only brand, but style of football that like we get spoiled with this, like, oh, like what's, what's your thing now? Even though like you're a pretty good football team. No, I think that's a great point. And that's why I'm also, when I'm thinking about this, I'm not, I wasn't even... 100% 100% even thinking brands because you're right like um, yeah, it's, it's been a while right and, and, and so I guess I come back to like even with these defensive replacements like their defense could be improved where like are they going to have the best defensive line probably not best line back in court probably not best secondary doubtful it's just funny to me because I think again I think Oregon I really think when you look at those top five teams every like the, the team's percentage chance to win all of those, like, would be between, like, 17 and 23%. Like, they're all right there in my eyes. Um, because I, even, like, a team like USC where it's, like, that's the guy at quarterback and that's the one thing that there seems to be agreement on. It's like, well, they are replacing just as much on defense from just as bad of a defense as Oregon. They had better turnover luck. That was essentially the only difference between the two last year. Do you know what sucks is pigeonholing yourself in January of the year and writing that Oregon State is going to be a playoff team? That was a, a little rough. Yeah, well, I'm not wrong yet. No, um, that might be on the worst take strap, but it might not. Or, or I'm a genius. I, I was actually listening to uh, the Athletics football podcast this week, and they were floating that around too as uh, Oregon State as a potential dark horse, and they'll probably claim they were the first on it. We have the receipts, but I, all, but also, look. if they're wrong, we can burn our receipts, and no one will know. Or, you know, make a funny joke about them, and then it looks like we don't actually care that much. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I've i been thinking about the Beavers and, you know, every everything that I wrote back then of just, like, they didn't have a quarterback. They might have a quarterback now. It's all still true. Yeah. But as we've been, you know, we repeatedly get asked, whether it's on radio interviews or in media stuff, to, like, oh, like, project record or who's going to be better and... I don't freaking know. Be and, like, I don't know where the like I don't know where the losses in the conference are going to be because that was a funny thing talking to Yogi and he's like he likes the top five teams and I keep saying that so I'll just go Oregon, Oregon State, USC, Utah, and Washington, right? And then it's like he th- he thought Cal and Arizona could be bowl teams. I don't think that's crazy, but that means they have to be at least seven and five. I think um, I I should know that. But then there's all these other teams like Washington State was really feisty last year. He thinks they're gonna be feisty again. UCLA's UCLA. got a five star star court, yeah. And he was like, their floor is eight wins. So it's like I guess it's like the bottom teams have to be like awful <laughs> for these wins to pan out. Otherwise, it's gonna be you know four or five teams at the top who have like nine or ten wins. This is ultimately gonna be the most amped up Pac-12 season to end the most Pac-12 way possible, which is everyone's gonna have four losses and it's, it's, and, it's and, legitimately possible and and it's and i don't think that degrades the quality of the conference i just don't think that there's that one that one georgia you know what i mean that's just gonna like confidently run through like granted georgia has to play alabama but you know what i mean like there's there's you want your conference to be good but you want to have like one or two teams that are that much better than everyone else so you don't have to deal with all the crap that that comes with lo- losing it's it's funny because we're talking about how much hype there is right 
and every year the theme seems to be like, oh, curse the Pac-12. Like they always eat each other at the end of the season. It's like we're probably going to see that again, maybe to like a more extensive level this year. I wish college football coaches would be more – I wish you could give them truth serum and let them be just vent their frustrations about this TV deal or just the people that run the conference because – they're holding up their end of the bargain right now. This is good football. It should be good football. And it seems like nobody's talking about it. So uh, that's our little football preview. Real quick. Real Oh, real quick. Is there a game of the year for you in the Pac-12? We don't do a big schedule breakdown thing, and we won't. So, Dude, honestly, uh, Oregon up in Seattle after what happened last year. Uh, it's a there's a lot riding on it for the corridor because if you remember the corridor talked some shit about Washington before the Washington not game. the corridor you you did I know this is your baby but you're you're for the corridor, for the corridor this, this is right. <laughs> not not yeah it's, all right um, yeah I think that's a good one I think that would be a an awesome game we'll I might mean, both be at that one yeah, yeah. Uh, again uh, Oregon versus USC I think there's a, a lot of cool stuff with that one too. Um, You know, for a team that doesn't have an identity, I think Oregon's got some of the biggest games <laughs> this year. Like even the even the Corridor Cup, or you know, for you old folks, the Civil War. Um, yeah, there's some big ones. There's some big home games for Oregon and Oregon State this year, so it'll be cool to kind of split up and cover those. I think. I mean, it's hard to not say Oregon USC. I just think that, especially because those teams have been, you could say, probably the biggest brands in the conference, and they haven't. They don't match up every year, right? And when is the last time they're going to have matched up and both teams will have been so highly ranked and also just potent offensively? Because, I mean, if you, we're not too far removed from Herbert, that Herbert 2019 team going in there and just shelling USC, right? I mean, So what do you think the first move should be after Herbert buys the Blazers in 2045 when his NFL career is over? I was talking about this moment. He's not going to spend any of that money. Like, I promise you there's going to be a story that comes out, like, before training camp where they ask him in a scrum, like, what was the first thing you bought? And he's like, honestly, like, a new fr- fishing rod. Like, I, I can see coming like, out. Oh, the thing is, too, is, like, like Herbert's a guy who, in that vein, anything that he'd want to buy, he's going to be able to get a sponsorship for anyways. Like, what do we know about him? He likes to uh, barbecue. I think he's got a Traeger sponsorship. Uh, anything fishing anything fishing he's probably got fishing deals he could probably do a shampoo thing yeah he's he's been work angling for that one for a long time so um turns out it's good to be rich it's good to be justin herbert because i think he's got like what was it like 125 guaranteed out of that new contract extension i think his annual is like 52.6 million um here, here's a good. I should have learned how to play football. That, uh, aside from talent, there is nothing that separates me and Justin Herbert other than he's like six foot six. Two, I mean, we're both about two hundred forty-five pounds, but it's. Well, you said fifty-two. Let's. I'll because I interrupted your last transition. I'll use this as a transition. That is about twelve million dollars less than Damian Lillard Hi. will be making when he's thirty-eight years yeah. old. I think Herbert probably deserves more. Yes. We never did our, our Dame thing because I don't think we podcasted. I was away, then you were... I, no, I, I've been here. You've, you just, you've just, just forgotten about me. You're, you're, you're 23 years old. You're living in Portland. You know, this is this is, this is is probably the best summer of your life right now. The city of dreams. And you're, you're sitting in here. you got a dog sleeping at your feet. 
This is this is the good life, man. Is Dame gonna get traded? I don't know. Like it's it's August, and this is generally the time when you start looking. I know we just talked about football, and that's what's getting going. But our friends who cover the Blazers and the NBA, like this, is usually the time when you start looking at training camp stuff. And I don't want Tyler Hero any more today than I did a month ago. How about you? No, and I don't understand <laughs> why. Like. Just take him, man. Like, you, you should be grateful that Damian Lillard played for Portland. The funny thing about that, too, though, is it's like, you could argue who's a better player between Hero and Maxi, but I don't know why fans, like, would be so much more overjoyed with Tyrese Maxi. Like, I don't get I think it's, like, they have on paper maybe a better package in people's eyes, and it seems very similar to is, me. Is this ultimately the best route for the ultimate Dame legacy of... He stays on the team a little bit. He sees Scoot in camp. He's like, oh, man, this kid's got that dog in him. Like, I want to be a part of that. And then he, uh, he like, pop a dogs him, like, uh, sh- shepherds him along. They end up winning a title. Like, the fact that Dame asked for the trade and then wanted back in, I would think that would be even better than if he didn't, like, give anybody any shit after the draft. Some of you, like, the craziest takes and, like, Little monologues you deliver are about the Blazers all the time. You do your LeBron thing. That was crazy. Oh, that's because I don't really cover it, and so there's no repercussions. Well, that's fair. <laughs> but I think this year we should try to cover it. It'll be exciting. Yeah. I, Excitingly bad, maybe. Nah. Eh. Eh, decent. Anyways, uh-huh. uh, I am I love that Cronin just, like, you know, like, put his feet down in the sand and burrowed them in. Oh, my, my respect for him has skyrocketed since, yeah. like, the last year. I think we've kind of done, like... A fair amount of like he's just the guy who's being puppet. Like, yeah, because uh, I, I could have sworn he would just have laid you know laid down and let Dame walk yeah. on him and walk all the way down to South Beach. I mean, maybe it helps. Maybe it helps in this scenario having an owner who doesn't give a shit and is just like, yeah, just do whatever you know. Yeah, eventually get rid of him. But do you have an uh, a dream scenario of of what happens here or how it happens? Because this is the, the one thing about this is this is the most media shine that Portland has gotten since they got swept by the Warriors in 2019 in the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. And that's a weird place to be because even a lot of the basketball stuff that we listen to um I mean everyone's on like the scoots Yeah, did you watch that that 20 minutes he had in the summer league? No. I did. Oh wait, 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 wait! When he played, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, I yeah, I definitely watched that. Very impressive. But like listening to like Russillo or like Bill Simmons or like some of the other folks, it's like there's not only people. It's it's already there's no games that have happened, and it's already uh, Charlotte blew it yeah. by taking Brandon Miller, and uh, you know Webb and Yama didn't look that great in summer league. Like yeah, some of the takes are a little bit rich for my blood, but I I love that Scoot is getting that. Uh, anointment that respect i mean he'll be a fun guy to cover do you and this is all just making shit up here at this point but do you think if if he was worse if if he looked like he was going to be worse do you think dame would have asked for the trade still you so you're what you're trying to say is that you think part of the reason dame asked out it's because he saw the writing on the wall with, like, this guy's legitimately great or could be. And- Correct. And, and, and that's not to say that Scoot's better than him now or whatever. But I think Dame could see an organization shifting its gears from, hey, everything that we do is for Dame or around Dame to, well, why wouldn't we package everything around Scoot? Because he's no, absolutely. got the same ceiling or... I, I feel like 
Cronin and the rest of management and the coach being staff, they probably did that a little bit themselves where they got the guy in, they knew he was going to look good, and they might have even been taking it back to a, whoa, okay, like, Dame wants out, yeah, it's time to move on, and let's make sure we get a good package back because we have something here, and, you know, maybe we're better quicker than we think. Hmm. But it, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen with it and it's I, I thought it would have happened by now. Yeah, so that's that's the thing is you know, preseason's gonna be starting here in about a month. I I think you could probably take some money on what happens first, like Pac twelve deal or Dame gets traded. I like like that. I maybe maybe we gotta get some action on that thing. But Yeah. That'd be a fun pull to throw in the corridor or something like that. But, but also if if the Blazers aren't trying to contend this specific season, which they like, they won't which, yeah. probably and definitely should not be. Like, what's what's the rush? I mean, the only rush you have is just catering to Dame, and I mean, this might this might work out better on Miami's end too. Like, maybe Dame can sit out for the first like two two months of the season. And do you think he would sit out? Because I've heard people say that he loves basketball too much to sit out, and I like kind of agree. Like, it, we just would. Th- we did the day most annoying thing like a few weeks ago, uh-huh. and like everything since then has actually pushed it so much farther in the annoying direction. That if he were to then sit out, it would fly like so starkly in the face of everything he stood for. That I think his whole he wants to talk about legacy and and whatnot like would be almost like uh, debunked. Yeah. Or I don't know if that's the right he, word. He's but. got a lot of things to consider, and a lot of it wouldn't have happened if. Like, you just didn't play, like, the loyalty card throughout your entire career. Like, he set himself up for whatever backlash he gets. Yeah. And, and the way that it's been reported, too, I don't know how much of the reporting is true, but, like, the stuff with his agent of, like, oh, he won't play for you if you if Utah trades for him or whatever. Where it's like, he'd be on a pretty good team. But, yeah. hey. You know, may, maybe his agent should have been better and gotten him a no-trade con- clause in his contract when he did that last extension. We saw that worked out for Bradley Beal. True. He got to the team he wanted to be yeah. on, so who knows? I, I, it is cool. My last thing on this is it's cool because the reason I expected it to happen already and I expected it to happen within like forty eight hours of the report is because that's why what, what happens now. Like these players ask out and they have all the power and then they just go. And this is the first time in what feels like a pretty long time that that isn't happening, and maybe that shifts back the other way. Yeah, it's um. I hate that I'm starting to, and this is probably because it's the organization that of the city that we live in. But I'm surprised that I've started to like lean more into give the power back to the teams, because like the Dame thing again. Like I I understand the we've had a good relationship with this guy. He's been good for the franchise. If we can get a deal that helps the team out at its best, like yeah, we'd love to facilitate you and help you get to a place that you want to go. But people are acting like like he was playing here for free, or like that this was charity, or he hasn't made a ton of money, and is going to continue to like that's what I said like sixty plus million yeah. when he's thirty seven, thirty eight is crazy. Yeah, and so it's yeah like this this isn't charity, and if it's and if Dame's doing that, you have to trade me to this specific team, and you're holding a franchise over the coals because of it. Like, how are you different than any of these other dudes? Like, Even KD gave two teams. Yeah, yeah. So or two or three or something. <sighs> Should we get to the the real? Maybe maybe maybe, the, maybe we just go all in on the Winterhawks. You know. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Fair um, all right. Tell me what we're doing now. So we did that annoying players draft a few weeks ago, and I can't remember if I had this idea before or after it, 
But this year was the most reporting heavy year of my life. So that meant more as your dog climbs Well, on then we're going to have to take me. a puppy break here. Milo, get down. <laughs> get down. Oh. <laughs> Come here, buddy. Don't worry, he sheds a ton. Should I just go? Yeah, no, no, we're we're not we're not editing. Not this cutting out. that. No, no, this is this is this is how the sausage gets. Fair made. enough. Yeah. All right. Um, so this was the most reporting heavy year of my life. That meant a lot of phone interviews, a lot of interviews in general, a lot of stories, and it's challenging to not use the same phrases, uh, words, ideas over and over in your reporting. But it doesn't help that. You get a lot of those same cliches mm-hmm. from coaches, from players, from everyone involved. Even the, from us asking questions, probably too. Absolutely, yeah. It's just that's the hardest. I, I generally think, and again, this is coming from someone who's twenty three now and has not done this that long. I got the age right. There you go. Yeah, all right. Yeah. But the hardest thing I feel like in sports journalism now, like it seems to be like avoiding cliche to ever have an original thought. Right. Yeah. 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 That's that's a better way to put it. So I thought we should draft our favorite. Okay. I'll start. You go second. We'll go back and forth. And I think just let's just leave it wide open. It could be a word. It could be a like a sentence or like a a, a phrase or even like a theme. How does that sound? Sounds good. Pick one. One. You're up. So I don't actually have like an order or a favorite one here because they're all so equally funny to me because of how much they're used. Um, I could go, you know big picture here i'm gonna zero in a little bit more and we're gonna go buy-in Ooh, so and so is bought in the guys are really buying in i don't ever like it just it's it's always used i i get why it's always used because it to find a synonym mm-hmm. for that would be tricky but it's a it's just a tough one yeah no, it's, I, it's, it's it's sometimes feels like it's not a real thing. Well, it's like, it's, are they playing better or are they bought in? It's it's one of those buzzwords where it's you can have you know what's separating us from them is you know we have a lot of buy in on this team. Well, what's the buy in? You know, are are you bought into this podcast right now? Hundred percent. Yeah, you are. Um, that's good. That's 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 a good way to to kick off, and I think people understand probably the general concept. I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm going to go with the term brand mm. and with the the potential of having national in front of it. What do you think it means when a coach says, let's play our brand of football? Well, if you're the Ducks, you don't know. Because yeah. What is their brand? Or, right? um, or, or, or I hate, I'm not going to use the term hate because everyone's just doing their job, but it drives me bonkers when you're asking either like a, a coach mainly a coach or an administrator of, you know, what are you selling to this, to, you know, to these recruits or what, what is it about you guys that is different? And when someone just says, you know, it's, it's, it's our brand of football or it's the Oregon brand or it's the national brand. Well, you're they, not really, you're not really giving me much. When there. you talk about brand of football, especially it's like coaches have told me that I'm like well what is your guys brand how would you tell someone who didn't know about your program what that brand is I, I will say one of my uh, favorite things centered around that is it was 2015 and one of my big biggest pet peeves is when other reporters don't listen in interviews or they just still ask a question just because they want to have a question asked and Vernon Adams was coming back from injury 
and he was doing this. They had just beaten Washington, and he was. He said, I, I believe the quote was, we're playing fast, we're playing confident, we're playing Oregon brand football. And then the next question was, Vernon, you guys are playing good football. You know, what would you say Oregon, like, Oregon football is? He's like, we're playing fast, we're playing confident, right. we're playing... You know, well, like, that's, what, that's but, what I was going. You ask these coaches, and they're like... We want to we want to tackle well in space. We want to be fast to the ball, hard nose. Like that is every team in yeah. America. Okay, all right. Well, you're so. Am I am I doing this right? Is yeah, that, is that perfect? Okay. The one I didn't do that I could have gone first with is culture. Ooh, it just right. it is tough because it's like that is kind of the best word for it. It just gets thrown around obnoxiously. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the thing the thing is is you've heard culture from every football coach, right. and not every football coach has good culture. There you go. There you go. So I left that one out of there, but mm-hmm. we got it in there still. Um, this Okay, so this one, I'm trying to think about the best, best way to kind of set this one up. I think the the difference in verbiage, I wouldn't say we do this, but I think that especially across um, televised uh, sports journalism, is the difference in how uh, Caucasian athletes and non-Caucasian athletes are described. So you have the Caucasian, oh, good head on his shoulders, cerebral deceptively athletic mm-hmm. right the locker room guy locker room guy first one and last guy out yep. better better kid than he is football player mm-hmm. if he wasn't a football player could do blank blank and mm-hmm. blank oh he'd be a doctor right yeah you go to the other side you know better athlete than he is a quarterback or you have character concerns that we, we you know could mean anything right does he care enough about the sport you have to ask that question. You know, raw talent, but he's unrefined. It's crazy. Uh, I a lot of times you'll hear uh, on that side, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, he he was a good talker." Yeah, like as if it's like supposed to be like a surprise right. that like, yeah, yeah. yeah there's there's definitely a lot of uh, a dog whistles in uh, in, in that one. So I just had to get that one in. There. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna criticize us a little bit. Mm. Um, us, as in the media, and including stuff we do. I'm gonna say filling podcasts with either fantasy drafts about non-fantasy draft things, or like Mount Rushmores. Mm. We have a, which is what we're doing right now. Uh, <laughs> we we have a tendency to just like want to rank things for the sake of ranking them, mm. and. Um, so you're, so you're flipping this totally to media here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Well, because because initially you said like sports cliches. No, it's, and it's so I so I playing field. Yeah. yeah. So I I think this is something that we overly rely on. Um, I think I think the the Mount Rushmore thing people, the Mount Rushmore thing on random topics. I think people mm-hmm. like the, if you have a good relationship with your podcaster and you listen to them a lot, there is part of like a I can relate to that or I like that movie or hey I use that type of toilet paper too. Mm-hmm. Basically, I'm kind of targeting part of my take here, uh, mm-hmm. but they're also very kind of in on the joke too. So it's kind of hard to tell if they're being serious or if yeah, I'm not just reading it right. But yeah, you know we do uh, we do a lot of lists and like ultimately it's lists of things that like don't matter or like for instance I'll, like on your last one I was like oh good pick. <laughs> what are you gonna right. win? Like, like what's right. it get you? Like this. Yeah. Ultimately, we're, we are wasting you or the listeners' time, and I'm sorry. No, that's that's fair. And, and no, I don't know part, if that's a cliche, but it's like something that no, we absolutely we do part of the problem too is that like lists are what people click on. 
True. Because they just skim through them. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, and and the, the thing is, is like it gets me, like as a writer, I hate it. Yeah. And as a reader, I hate it. But it freaking gets me too. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know what it is about rankings or Well, it injects this list. opinion that you can then argue with. Yeah. And there's too much of that. None of us are all that smart. No. You don't need to hear or listen to us all the time. I'm, I'm not selling this podcast super well, am I? Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, all right. I'll, I'll go. I'll yeah, go again. Yeah, bail me yeah. out here. Pick three. I actually, this should be my first pick, and I, I don't know. I fumbled the back here. Lead by example. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just bullshit. Just yeah. complete bullshit. <laughs> like, there was nothing. I heard, there was nothing. Nothing I heard more this season, especially covering preps. I think, but then than that. Because you're profiling these high school kids and you want to get something special in there. And I think sometimes lead by example means that they're like a really highly touted person on the team that actually is not a leader and just goes out there and guys are like, wow, he's really good. I'm going to follow his lead. Sometimes I think it means that someone is quiet. But ultimately, like, I want to know more what that means. And it's never broken down. And it's impossible to then write about that because it's so damn cliche. I like that. Um... I'm gonna go with this is cheating a little bit because it's a few a few in one, but I think you'll give go it. Ahead. I think you'll give it to me. It's adjectives or descriptors media and coaches use that really don't mean nothing. Perfect. He's a freak. He's a stud. He puts up video game numbers like yeah. that's a video game move or something. It's it's basically. Can we throw it slash X factor in here? Yeah, and as yeah, and as a writer, sometimes. And, and this is being, again, self-critical. A lot of times I'll side with that either because I'm feel, I'm lazy and I don't feel like writing, like, two more sentences about, like, another fast guy who's fast. But, like, yeah, like, I, I think it's like a... Although... I think it sounds... You cool. are going to be soon writing about a fast guy who's fast, not to, you know, tease anything too oh, much. Oh, so, so you heard I'm doing the pre-media oh, run again. Right. Oh, wait, right. that's not what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I've... I've relied on it way too much because I, you've read me a lot. You know how I like to throw in like short sentences here or there, or like kind of mess with cadence and stuff and like being able to do that. You without, like your C's and yeah, your L's. Yeah, without um, feeling like you give the reader something, but really when you look at it, you're like, I, I didn't, this didn't really add to it much. Um, I will be better. So I, I think just those, those adjectives that don't really add much to, you could really make a, a case for most adjectives in that yeah. sense. Yeah, I like that. I, and I'm not talking as someone who edits Shane Hoffman's stories that come in. I'm per, a big adjective guy. You really love those... I'm not going <laughs> to... You, you were going to say swift, swift, swiftly something. Swift, yeah, yeah, I couldn't even think hey, of it. Yeah. you know, I'm still, I'm still figuring out my yeah, voice. You know so what, you're, as we learned, you're only 23. You know, I, I can be uh, self-deprecating when it comes to my writing. Yeah. All right, final round. Final round, wow. Okay, I have I have a deep bag I could still go with. We'll, I, we'll do it on <clears> right, of course. Thing. Classic. Uh, I should have organized this better because this is another one that should have been off the board already. Chip on your shoulder. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's just another one where it's like, I think too many things are grouped in there. I get the the idea behind it, the ethos of it, if you will. Mm. Because that's it made me think of it too because the Steph Curry documentary just came out. And it's called Underrated. And I just... His dad's like a four-time all-star. I understand that his dad didn't think he was going to become a top 15 player of all time. But chip on the shoulder could mean anything. And I think it's, again, one of those things where we just group too much into it. Is it a chip on the shoulder because of an upbringing? Is it a coach that gave up on Like, just say what it is. And, like, again, like, 
some people's chip on their shoulders, like maybe it actually does motivate them. Sometimes I think we just like to put it there. Oh, damn, you were only second team All-NBA behind Stephen Curry? It's like, does he care? Yeah. Maybe a little bit. I like that one. But oh. then we but then we, we assume that when something that when that person does something, it's because of the chip on their shoulder. Like, well, it, he must have remembered this. Exactly. I mean I mean that that's that's almost kind of goes into what the ESPN draft got criticized so much about a few years ago, where it's like, <clears> God, <throat> every kid has to either have like a dead dad right, or right. relative. Just reach um, and and then it gets to a point too where all of a sudden you have like this is a little bit unrelated, but you have people who have no chips on their shoulders ever, but then you're still trying to find a way to to make them overcome something, right. and then like you're just lionizing already pretty successful people. Absolutely. All right, my last one. We're going goats. A good one. Yeah, um, goat. What's it mean? Well, it means greatest of all time, but what does it mean is a good question because I see things getting thrown around, blank goat or goat goat blank. It's not even sports anymore. I, we don't have a definition for what the greatest means. I'm thinking MJ, LeBron here, you know? I, I think you can have... I think the GOAT conversation can have multiples, but among different sports. Mm. But like when you start getting into like, oh, the GOATs of basketball are right. here. I like that we took different approaches with our draft uh, draft room strategies here. Yeah, it's almost like we threw the shit together. Almost. Yeah. I've been working on my list. I mean, my list, I just keep adding to it. Every time I'm in an interview, I'm like, oh, got to add that. You okay. Know? Um, you threw yours together, though. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to start. I'm going to kick us off into the honorable mention Please. one. It's going to be any media question that... Just, it's like the post-practice, like who's, who stood out at practice right. today. Yeah. Anyone who's in sports media at this point should know that college coaches are not going to just give you anything if they don't have to, especially the smart ones. And so if you're just going in and if we get 10 questions and one of them is like, all right, coach, like the first one's a freebie. Like, what do you want to talk about? It doesn't do us a whole lot. No. I mean, there's, we, there's a whole tangent we could go on here with just questions we hear. And yeah, but I didn't, I, yeah, I thought about that, but I didn't want this to sound like just like one, we make a lot of mistakes too. Like I, like that's why like half of these cliches or shit yeah. that I do myself. Uh, I do think a lot of this on the coach and athlete side starts with bad questions though. Yeah. Not always, but... Well, it, yeah, I, I, I think there's... If you get the same the, question 10 times, you might the, answer the same the, time. This, you know? this is going to be a very ironic thing to say because of this podcast, but I think there's just a general lack of prepar- or preparation amongst... Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the college football scrum or any like sports scrum, it, it can feel very routine. Yeah. It can kind of feel like something that you just show up to and you ask your questions, and a lot of it's dictated by, especially these days, like what the media people, the sports information directors give you. And if you're willing to just play ball and go by the rules, like it, like right. you can do it, but you're not going to get anything interesting. Well, and I realize part of some people's job is to ask these type of questions, like if you're doing a practice report. But you get these things, and it'll be like, oh, uh, blank player, which players stood out today? And then you might get the same one like twice in two weeks because it's like so and so had an interception one day and then had a good tackle the next, and then that's how narrative start where it's like, well. Blank has yeah. really been good this offseason getting talked up or, a lot. It's like, well, maybe they just had to think of an example. Or, like, take this into account, too. Like, we are in an era now where coaches are very concerned about whether their players on their roster are going to stay on their roster. Yeah. And if there's, like, a player who... I don't know. 
who knows how like some of these NIL deals get made up in the future too. Like maybe if you get mentioned at, in a press conference, maybe you get sure. like a kick, you know, like yeah, I'm not saying fair. that's something, but like the, the taking something at face value when you give a coach like a freebie is another one. It's like, what does it mean for blank? It's like, what does it mean? You know, awful question or often awful way to start a question. And I've done it before, but what, what does it mean to you when you hear one of those? I roll my eyes. See, that's a good question. We got a little bit about Shane there. Uh, through that, we've learned that you feel like you're superior to a lot mm. of people. Um, you're expressive, but also you're honest. Yeah. Yeah. There you it go. Sounds like it was I, a good question. Sure enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know about the superiority <laughs> part. I got a, I got a few more. I can go rapid fire. Yeah, let's Is go. that Was that your last honorable? Uh, I might have one more, but I'm going to let you... Yeah. Uh, we don't have to comment on them. I'm just going to... Great player on and off the field. Mm-hmm. Storybook season. Doesn't show up in the stat sheet is an annoying one. Mm-hmm. Although, that is one where you can sometimes get more context if you ask a follow-up. Anything like gym rat, whatever. Uh, one game at a time. The only person that can stop us is ourselves. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, did you know that uh, Mario Cristobal got to the facility at 4 in the morning every day? <laughs> Or uh, first person in the building. Right. Yeah. First yeah. person in the building. Uh, crafty, I've started to learn, is essentially just means someone is good but not a, a superior athlete. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just... there's. So okay, give, give me an example of a good crafty player. In basketball? Any. I mean, I say I'm crafty. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that athletic. I'm. I'm an athletic 23 year old male. Yeah. But my entire game on the court is predicated on the fact that cheating. Not quite. Yeah. Uh, that I usually can't get more than <laughs> let's say you know a few inches off the ground. Right. Uh, yeah, you're crafty. You know, elusive. A, a crafty player. I mean, honestly, it goes a lot with sneaky fast. Sneak. It's a, it's a lot of white players. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Anyways, back to you. Finish us out here. Um, no, I'm, I'm actually done. I was going to say par, par for the course. It's just I was writing down stuff that you said during the par, podcast. So, there you go. Yeah. Par for the course. Yeah. Um, do you feel better now, now that we've done this? I know. It was like a, it was like a itch that I needed to scratch. It, it, this, this actually kind of... I, I'm glad you insisted on doing this in person. I feel like this, yeah. this wouldn't have been as great through the Zoom. Uh-huh. I just think I think anything that we can because you you did your whole thing about how in the media we do too many lists and Mount Rushmores and fake drafts and whatever else. Like I do think it's cool for people to hear more like of that perspective from like you said you were saying with the dog how the sausage gets made. It's not really that, but like anything we can like talk about in terms of our experience. Yeah. you know, I don't know. Well, I'm I'm glad you said that too because that, that's. As we're getting close to the corridor's two-year anniversary, like that's that's one thing I do want to be a little bit better with in terms of relationship with our audience and readers. Like I, I don't think I'm like a closed book by any means, but I, I think I still do keep like things at an arm arm's length a little bit. And like honest to God, I like a lot of that is just like fucking confidence and like yeah. and like it, it it still kind of blows my mind here even two years into this that like X amount of people like 
want paying to just read or listen to like mm-hmm. our thing and so like there's a lot of there's a bit of like imposter syndrome in there so there's a lot of like you you write and then you like tweet it out to the world and then like you hide and just like hope that well, nobody you, says that it sucks like you've said this before it's like you are the one that's getting the unsubscribe emails yeah i could just turn those off you could but it's good thanks enough. mom anyways <laughs> <laughs> i mean you have an outlet where you can you can take more risks and so like i mean i think rarely do you i mean you did it few times the last year but rarely do you go full first person and just talk about an experience you've had but i think people enjoy listening and reading about those things and there's so much about journalism where we're just talking about things we don't really know about and pretending we know about it and so this is something that i feel like we can actually comment on because especially you have dealt with it for a long time i don't know what you're talking about there all right that is the i5 corridors traffic report uh shane where are you going um so oh my god i'm not even that excited to be honest and I say that knowing that none of my family is going to listen to this. I'm going home, and I'm excited to see my family. Part of it's going to be a family trip to, like, New York State. Oh. And this it's it's a beautiful-looking Airbnb. We might even drive up to Montreal. That I'm excited for. But it's it's You the, know, in Montreal, there's a lot of, like, sneaky fast. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and then I'll be, at, you know, in, in various parts of Michigan, but... I just, you know, I'm. I you said it before we started. I feel like I'm. I'm hitting my stride. I got my foundation here in Portland. It's gorgeous. I'm trying more things out. I finally made it up to Savi's Island. I did not go to the nude beach. I, I was gonna ask, like, did you get the full experience or no? And okay. I, I went. I finally ate at Eam, which was phenomenal. What'd you get? Oh, I got a lot of stuff. I got this like ceviche dish, which was delicious. I got the the breaded chicken, the sweet and sour chicken. Um, I got the fried rice, mm-hmm. and then there was like a pulled pork green curry dish and then maybe the best thing generally because bang for buck it was like a four dollar scoop of this like passion fruit sorbet or sherbet. Oh, hell yeah super tasty okay so i loved it i'll go back yeah i uh have you eaten anything good lately i mean this is this I, is a I, staple I, of the end of the podcast, yeah actually you know? um i ate uh double mountain brewing company just right. opened up a new uh, brew pub on north killingsworth where the lucky labrador used to be uh, I I love Double Mountain. Uh, I, they sponsored the hockey team that I played on for like eight years when I first moved here, and it was always fun going out into Hill, uh, sorry, uh, Hood River and and going to the brewery there. They have they have the best pizza of like any brewery around. So check that out. And breweries are known for their pizza. Yeah. Um, have you had ten barrels? A long time ago. It's it's been a bit. I'm not a big pizza guy, but I had a good one there. Um, and then yesterday I got dinner and drinks with, uh, sports writer Corey Brock at Tulip Shop Tavern on, mm. also on Killingsworth. What'd you order? I got the schnitzel witch or the, uh, which is, it's a, it's like a, a breaded pork cutlet. Oh, it's uh, his schnitzel. Okay. Yeah. I guess uh, I should have assumed the schnitzel witch would be yeah. a sandwich with the uh, on it. It was great. I, I love that spot. Also on Tuesdays, have you been to Tulip Shop yet? Nope. Oh man. Oh man, it's yeah. it's a treat, and it's pretty freaking affordable too. On Tuesdays they do it's like a home style tacos night, so like it's just like big pieces of like homemade ground Oof. beef with like hard shell tacos, and they do like a queso on top. Not bad, very good. I've been, I've been eating a lot of Mexican food lately. I went to the. I think we just keep going for one minute here. Yep. If, yeah, yeah. If yeah. they didn't want to listen, yeah. I would have already stopped. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, we were being respectful to the people who like had to get out and go right, somewhere. And right. Most people probably got out after the football talk. Yeah. Anyways, I went. Most to, people uh, probably didn't get in. There you go. Mexican grocery I went to last week, and I just got a bunch of stuff, and so I was making various Mexican dishes all week. Very tasty. So I'm kind of Mexican out. There's a place I want to try when I get back, 
it's like a pop-up. It's, so it's like in this wine bar, and I, maybe the wine bar or the place is called like Dame. Okay. Or Little, Little Dame or something. Mm-hmm. And the place that's... A little bit of a Miami vibe to it. <laughs> right. Uh, the place is called Clandestino. It's like a up, more upscale Mexican place. It looks delicious. So I'm going to try that. And then I'm actually going to JoJo tonight. The restaurant, the, the new one that they... Oh, well, not super new, but I'll let you know. How I, I probably have stomach pain afterwards, but... I uh, I was... <laughs> I follow him on... In, the, the guy who runs JoJo is insane. Uh, if you follow him on Instagram or Twitter, he had put out a press release this morning saying all JoJo's were closing due to the woke mind virus. <laughs> he said it was infecting their food. Uh, my, my problem now is like I have this huge list of food places here and I would say 80% of this list that is literally, and it's, it's up so I can look, it's like dozens of places are like either like Japanese or Vietnamese places or Thai places or pizza. Yeah. And so it's like when I choose a place, I'm like, how can I possibly now decide? I uh, I commend you, though. Uh, you're finishing up your second summer in Portland. And that's that's usually when you start ballooning up weight-wise, you know, especially all these restaurants. Like, you're, you're, looking, you're looking pretty cut, you know. It's not, not too terrible. This is – it's funny you mention that because this has been a summer where I've kind of thrown a routine to the back burner in a lot of ways. So if there's one thing I am looking forward to going home is not only saving some money, but maybe I can just be a little bit better about like, okay, I'm going to work more today. I'm going to go to the gym and not just, you know, drink beer and go eat good meals in the sun, which is fun. I love it, but. Yeah, I think you should just keep doing that part. Fair enough. All right. Check back in, you know, summer four or five. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm sure the corridor will still still be Absolutely. still be pumping. Then, all right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, coming out this week, we're gonna have full full coverage from Oregon Media Day. Might have an Oregon State story, and gonna have a mailbag out as well. So, Boom. there you go. Live podcast, kind of fun. Yeah, not bad, not bad. We'll do it live. See you later.